Blog Talk Radio. of Fighting Words on the Fighting Words News Network. Fighting Words is brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women of police and fire services, the doctors and nurses, and the first responders on the first line of COVID, and especially those wonderful people to clean up afterwards because they put themselves in harm's way just cleaning up to get things ready. And the wonderful people at the supermarkets that keep the stocks, uh, stock the shelves. Tonight's program is... Uh, dedicated to the brothers and sisters that we lost uh, a couple years ago uh, at 9-11. It was first first on soil, American American soil uh, uh, attack that we've ever had Uh, for the men and women who we lost, that lost their lives in the towers and their families. We we deeply regret that this happened. Uh, to the men and women and the families of the firefighters and police officers, first responders that lost their lives. We we really appreciate their service to mankind and to those who are suffering from problems, from medical problems, 
probably uh, the, the towers coming down. Uh, we sympathize with you. If there's anything we could ever do for you, please let us know. You can always get us on on our Fighting Words uh, uh, Facebook, or you can get us right here, Fighting Words. Well, tonight's a uh, kind of a dreary night out. A uh, little bit of rain here, a little bit of rain there. But uh, uh, how in the hell could you lose to a Marshall? I cannot believe that. <laughs> um, Notre Dame went down. Uh, they didn't go down uh, easy. They went down fighting. But uh, every time there was a chance to to um, get some victory, they allowed the jaws of defeat to, to work its way in again. So, uh that's enough of my soapbox. So uh, let's get on with the show here. Uh, we have uh, fabulous Tony uh, going out to his uh, semi-winter retreat. I guess it's fall retreat. Uh, he's at uh, the airport now in, in uh, Tampa, and he's heading towards uh, his uh, wonderful vacation. Uh, he and his uh, lovely wife, and uh, we uh, hope that uh, you guys have a great time this week. Enjoy, because I know you both need uh, the rest that you're going out there for. Um, Thank you, Frank. I appreciate forget, that. Don't forget, Tony, I, uh, we both know a guy that went out there in an $84,000 car and came up, came home with a uh, $200 million airplane without a car. <laughs> <laughs> Might be me. You never know. <laughs> hey, Bob, uh, how you doing tonight? Great, sir. Good, good. Caden? Good to hear You're from okay. everybody. Thank you. KJ, you all right? Everybody, yeah. knows that, uh, everybody knows that KJ uh, has this uh, uh, ability to gra- to gravitate with people. And he's, uh, uh, he's entertaining in his uh, humble abode uh, this evening with family and friends. So, uh they're watching. They're going to keep us updated on the uh, fights as they go on. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's start out with uh, uh, Tony. What do you think of the Usyk fight, Usyk and uh, Joshua fight? Tony, can you hear me? All right. Let's go, uh, Caden. What do you think of Edwin Edwards? Uh, stunning uh, Usman with uh, a kick that uh, uh, was heard around the world. Um, well, I, I think that is definitely one of the best comeback victories in UFC history and maybe one of the biggest um, upsets in UFC history from, from the standpoint it was at. You know, a lot of people would argue that it, it would be the Nunez fight. But I think going throughout the fight – and seeing how dominant Usman was in those last uh, three rounds after after he lost the first one, he went on a tear and and probably won every single round. And I think some of those rounds were not even a ten nine. I think at least one of those rounds was a ten eight. You know, he was really going in there and destroying him. And going to the fifth round, Usman was an, it was an even bigger favorite than he was, you know, already going into the fight. So. I think that's what that's what made the biggest upset in UFC history, at least in my eyes. You know that Nunez one is pretty mm-hmm. crazy, but you know h- how do you, you know, how do you uh, how do you combat that against uh, you know a, a head flash knockout like that? You know, a, mm-hmm. a flying you know, a, um, a devastating head kick with 50 seconds left to go. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Bob? 100% agree with what Caden said. Uh, you know, if we if we look back over U.S. history with some big upsets, um, two that stand out is is uh, uh, Holmes versus Rousey, but that happened quickly. You know what I mean? Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, Holmes went out there and, and and fought her style versus trying to fight Rousey at her uh, uh, her way. Um, and uh, then then again, Pena versus uh, Nunes. You know, no one saw that one coming. Uh, so that was a huge, mm-hmm. uh, even a bigger upset. Because I kind of kind of shocked the world, you know. Um, and then this one, uh, like Caden said, but you know, I I disagree with the fact. I think maybe Leon might have scored, you know, maybe even won that first round. I mean, he looked pretty good. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it was that that was a really close first round. But the, the next three, four, uh, or at least four minutes and fifteen seconds of the, the fourth, 
Um, Usman mm-hmm. just manhandled uh, Edwards, like 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 he said, probably ten eight rounds, you know. Um, and uh, and then yes, then then uh, Usman, you know, uh, I guess Leon said he was waiting for it. He ducked out and he come out of the pocket. Um, I know for a fact over the last couple of weeks, um, you know, in my kickboxing class. Every time I see somebody get whacked like that, I'm like, "Oh, you part of you pulled a Carmen Usman, you know, uh, you know, you stay <laughs> in that pocket, you know." And so trying to let them know, and that now that you've seen it, you know, everyone has a coach that think I'm picking on them, or they're like, "I'm doing it," but you don't understand. You don't see what you're doing. You can't watch a mirror and understand what you're doing. And people shy away from that stuff. But uh, you know, Usman popped his head out of the pocket, came outside of his hands, and, and Edwards put the perfect shin kick right up against his jaw. Uh, Usman didn't even know mm-hmm. he was out. And those are the good ones. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just kind of sit there afterwards going, what happened? But what a phenomenal fight. And, again, definitely the mm-hmm. – yeah, bad. What is that? Hey, Ty, welcome to the program. Gentlemen, 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 how is everyone doing? Good, good. I'm going to start you right off with uh, Tyson Fury says he'll unretire if he can get a fight with uh, – Alexander Usyk, what's your thoughts? Well, I, I definitely think Tyson Fury is going to fight again. I'm, not only did I not, but I don't think most of the public or boxing community took his retirement seriously with food still on the table. And, you know, obviously the winner of Usyk, Joshua, which became Usyk. Usyk is not ready to fight in December. He, has, he says he has some uh, injuries he wants to heal up. So Tyson Fury threw an offer that to Anthony Joshua about a potential December fight. Don't know if that's mm-hmm. going to occur, but I absolutely expect Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk to be in the ring sometime in the first quarter of 2023. Okay. So I think they may have made it official yesterday that uh, Joshua and Gypsy King are going to fight. I don't know if it's in writing, but I believe it was verbally okay yesterday. Yeah, they've been going back and forth. Joshua said right after the Usyk fight, like within a few weeks after, and then Eddie Hearn also said it, that they wanted to bring him back in, you know, more likely late November or December. And Tyson Fury, uh, when he finally, quote-unquote, unretired, you know, and, and said, Usyk, you know, I want to fight. He said he wanted to, you know, the fight before the end of the year. Usyk has, you know, some, some minor injuries, fixing scrapes that, you know, is not ready, not going to allow him to be ready to next year. So, uh, you know, Joshua and Fury's dates line up. So, you know, it, it, no matter what, it's a huge British, to me it's a huge fight, period, but it's definitely a huge big money maker in, in Britain. And, you know, more than likely, honestly, in the U.K., it makes more money than even if he were to fight Usyk. So I, I could see it mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, the only thing that would really get in the way of that fight would be, one, ego, and, two, Eddie Hearn may not be so willing to just throw Joshua back in against Fury coming off of two losses in a row. That would potentially put him in a position where he has three losses in a row. Uh, four out of his last five. But at the same time, maybe time to cash in, too. Who knows? So, yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. interesting to see if it happens. Very interesting. Hey, Bob, what do you think if uh, Tyson Pedro uh, KO'd uh, Henry Helinski in 65 seconds um, two weeks ago? What, what, what's your thoughts on that one? Did you see it? Oh, sorry. What was that? I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah, I was just saying uh, uh, Tyson Pedro uh, had a uh, uh, knocked out uh, Henry Haleski in 65 seconds of his first round. Um, I don't know if you saw that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, no, I didn't see that one. I might have last week Googled that. I kind of remembered you said something about that last week, and I looked it Mm -hmm. up, and and, uh, it was quick, but I didn't know pretty much either one of those guys. Mm -hmm. Do you know anything, Caden? Uh, I do not. Okay. How about uh, Costa versus Rockhold? Do you know anything about that one? Of course I do. Hell yeah. Oh, I love. No, I just Polo thought I'd ask you. I love Polo Costa. Polo Costa, I think ever since he fought uh, Yoel Romero, 
and I don't think anybody's ever fought Yoel Romero like that, ever. You know, he's, he kind of, his dominant fight style and his very aggressive fight style, you know, it, it either gets him the very dominant win or it gets him a very dominant loss. Because there's a lot of flaws when you when you overstep and you go too offensive and you and you kind of don't protect yourself and you know you start to eat shots and Paulo Costa does that sometimes like in that Rockhold fight Rockhold's stamina was slowing down like like it was a video game you know you could see him slowly deteriorating <laughs> round after round see the mirror lean over <laughs> put his hands on his knees and but he was still going in there and. He was eating shots, and when Costa was getting too aggressive and he was wide open, leaving himself wide open, Luke was getting in there and punish, punishing him for that. You know, he was he was mm-hmm. hitting Costa like Costa's. You know, Costa's never really been. I don't think Costa's ever been rocked that hard before in some of those fights that he fought in. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, that 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 might have been. That, that, that was probably my favorite Luke Rockhold fight. I'm gonna say that just because I watched it live. Mm-hmm. I would never watch any of mm-hmm. his other live fights. That's my favorite Luke Rockhold fight. I think he should have won that fight. Okay. What do you think, Bob? I thought it was phenomenal as well. Uh, Paula Costa is not my favorite guy, but neither is Luke Rockhold. Uh, Rockhold's always kind of being standoff, kind of prick, whatever it is, it is thing. But. Um, uh, very cocky, you know, and, and a good fighter. And, you know, uh, to see him get emotional when he, you know, he retired after that, um, you know, that was cool. Um, but then total uh, uh, Luke Rockhold style, you know, at one point, you know, uh, Costa had them all cut up and beat up pretty dang good. And they were on the ground and Rockhold was just rubbing his bloody face all over Costa. You know, because I've been there. I hate to say that, but when you're, when you're on bottom and you've got a, a cut, you know, around the eye or, you know, your nose has been exploded like mine. I have a Roman nose. It tends to roam all over my face. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, um, but yeah, that, you know, the blood gets in your eyes. You can't see it's sticky. It's way, you know, it's, it's slippery when you try to stand up. It gets sticky when you're trying to mm-hmm. open your eyes. It's really weird. And, and so when he, he mm-hmm. finally rolled him over and just all blood was just pouring out of his face and he just rubbed his face all over mm-hmm. the that was typical rock hold you know, style. Ooh, that was a good shot, huh, Caden? And, uh, um, but, uh, yeah, so that was a great fight. Great undercard there. And then going even further down the card, it was sad to see Jose Aldo uh, get beat by decision, but, you know, he's not the same guy. Age gets you. He's not throwing those leg kicks like he used to, and, and he's just mm-hmm. not performing. And, you know, the, the leading killer of men over 40 is their ego, and we got to realize mm-hmm. that, you know, once you start peaking around 30, 35 years old, you got to be starting looking at retirement because, you know, it's tough to pull off fights at 39 and 40. Mm-hmm. Sure. Hey, uh, Ty, what do you think of uh, Comey and uh, Pedrazo? It was a good week. fight. and uh, You know, it was one of those fights that kind of went under, <clears throat> excuse me, the commercial map, but, you know, hardcore fight fans, uh, had it kind of on their radar, especially since it was a slow weekend. It was a good fight. Uh, both guys combined for a phenomenal amount of punches. I can't quite recall the number offhand. Um, but it ended up being a split decision draw. Uh, and and that was about fair. You know, and what was good about that is you have two guys who are a little, you know, towards the tail end of their prime. And when a fight like that happens, one guy gets kind of taken out of contention to kind of make that last big paycheck in his career. Both guys mm-hmm. uh, put up you know, a great fight. No one's status was tarnished. And both guys should go ahead and um, either get uh, a potential eliminator against a good opponent, mm-hmm. you know, a high-value opponent, or uh, even, you know, take the walk into, uh, you know, a vacant title shot uh, once we see what's going on with Josh Taylor in 140. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was a good performance for both men, and both men come out with uh, a lot of uh, a lot to gain. So it was actually good to see. Okay. Hey, hey Tony, what's, what's your thoughts on Triple G and uh, Canelo next month? It's, it's a must-win for both players. I'm actually kind of scared after talking to B-Hop because B-Hop's got Canelo 
crushing him, and I don't see it that way, but it's hard to go against uh, the champ, you know. But mm-hmm. I'm still kind of leaning on Golovkin. I think Golovkin, it, it's going to be uh, the age. If, if his age hasn't digressed mm-hmm. in the last two years and he still kept his stamina and stuff up, I think uh, the rumors were mm-hmm. he used to spar with Canelo and he used to whoop him. So we'll see what happens. But mm-hmm. I know it's controversy with the first two fights. Yeah. Yeah. Ty, what's your what's your take on it? Okay, we'll come back to Ty. Um, I'm sorry, I missed you for a second. Um, I, you know what? I don't fully agree with Tony, um, but I, I will say I, I do think uh, Triple G is being undersold um, and undervalued. I've read different opinions, like Tim Bradley uh, believes that you know Triple G is going to be stopped by uh, by Canelo. We had the very legend himself, D Hop, on the show. He said that, you know, Canelo is going to smash Triple J. Um, Tony mm-hmm. seems to be the only guy in the know who seems to, to think Triple G is going to win. And um, I, with that being said, I, I don't – I favor Canelo um, mm-hmm. because of – primarily because of his youth and his the things he's able to do, he negates a lot of Triple G's offense. He's uh, – tends to relegate Triple G to a jab. Triple G is not able to throw in multiples because of Canelo's reflexes, counterpunching, and his defense. And um, at this point, mm-hmm. as Triple G gets older, I think it becomes a worse style matchup. So with that said, mm-hmm. I do feel uh, that Canelo has the edge, and I believe he's going to win. I think it's going to be a lot more competitive and a lot tougher and much more of a dogfight than people are predicting. I also think mm-hmm. the one caveat, too, that no one seems to mention is that the fight is at 168. Now, that's, you know, the mm-hmm. fight Canelo's been kind of campaigning at, except for his foray uh, against Bivol at 175. But Triple G's a mm-hmm. 40-year-old guy who's made 160 his whole career. Mm-hmm. There is no <laughs> way, shape, or form in my mind, Triple G not going to benefit from not having to drop those last eight pounds. It'd be one mm-hmm. thing to me if Triple G were going up to 168 to fight a David Benavidez, a, a huge 168-pounder. But he's going up to 168 to fight a guy he has height and range and reach over, a guy he's seen two times. So I, I, mm-hmm. I do think Triple G is going to be better served at that weight, and I do think he's going to put in a hell of a performance. And... Uh, I don't think Tony's going to be right, but I think a lot of people are going to be like, man, I kind of see what Tony was thinking. Won't be the first time I've had to eat a sandwich. <laughs> I was just going to say, Tony, is, Tony has, the, uh, has the keys to the bakery that makes those wonderful sandwiches that uh, we send out to uh, the, the uh, appropriate parties. That's yeah. right. Little Debbie's got a snack for you. <laughs> he cracked me up when he sent me that picture too. I was like, "What? He really got a shit sandwich." Yeah, that fits real well. Hey, Bob, what'd you think of uh, Cyril Gainey's uh, knockout uh, last week? Yeah, great. I mean, uh, and that okay. So everyone pretty much knew Cyril Gainey was going to do that, uh, and and you know he's a, he's a great fighter. But I wanted to give credit to Ty Tuovasa because there was a moment there that could have been the big upset, and that was the the true Ty Tuovasa style where he just stands in there and bangs. And every time they stood in there and banged, uh, Ty got the better of Cyril. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Ty's no pushover, you know, and, and I'll be right there drinking beer out of the left shoe when he drinks it out of the right shoe. So, um, but, yeah, it was mm-hmm. a great, you know, Cyril Gaines a very good strike. He's more technical. When he stayed at range, he did his stuff, and, you know, his kicks and his stuff, he looked good. But uh, I think when they tanked and when they uh, tangled it up, uh, Ty would really, mm-hmm. you know, do really good in there. So that was that was good. And then I think Cyril's getting ready to – he wants to go after the champ, um, you know, because he was, what, interim champ there for a minute. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a good fight. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Caden? Um, well, I mean, again, I think a lot of people knew what the, uh, the outcome of that fight was going to be. Um, but like, 
like Bob said, there there is there is a massive but in there, you know, because you know Dom won the fight, but tied to a boxer, <laughs> knocked him down, and yeah. kind of showed you know you know Francis couldn't Francis didn't knock didn't knock Don down, and Francis is you know the, the power king, you know, he's the champ of the heavyweight mm-hmm. division, but Ty did. So that's I think that mm-hmm. that that says something about Ty Tuivasa. You know, also you know, fighting a guy who's slimmer than him, more agile than him, more technical than him, um, and definitely, definitely is like ta- definitely taller than him, has, has more reach than him, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think Ty really did a great job for for what he was doing, and you know, for what he was going up against. But you know, mm-hmm. no no knock on Don because he he did go in there and outclass him, outstrike him. You know, Ty Tuivasa wasn't really covering his body. You know, he's kind of messing him up with the body kicks. Oh, he and then, was hurting that body you know, the, too. Yeah, he was really hurting mm-hmm. his body. And then he landed. He landed that 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 over that overhand right just to end the fight. And it was kind of mm-hmm. kind of sad seeing Ty laying down there on the ground. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tony, what'd you think of uh, uh, the last minute uh, replacement Lipinitz coming in and uh, taking a taking. Uh, Fiorello out. Figueroa out. Couldn't be anything better. <laughs> Love watching yeah. that. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, Lipinets is awesome. I mean, he's just, he's mm-hmm. got a long career ahead of him, I think. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Ty? That actually surprised the hell out of me. Um, and not be- because I think lowly of Lipinets are so high of, of uh, Brandon Figueroa. It just surprised the hell out of me because Brandon Figueroa was preparing for a fight. He had been tra- in training camp for Adrian Broner. Um, and mm-hmm. Lepidus took the fight like on 11 days' notice. So mm-hmm. the fact that he essentially destroyed, you know, outside of just knocking silly, he beat him up. Um, mm-hmm. it, was, it was very, to me, it was a very impressive performance on, you know, by Lipinus part, giving contracts, right? The fact mm-hmm. that he, if that, if he were training to fight Figueroa, I would have slightly favored him. But the fact that he took mm-hmm. it on 11 day notice, you know, I just, I didn't think he would, I thought he was, you know, up against it. So uh, very impressed with his performance. With that said, uh, Brandon Figueroa, he's 33 years old. He, he's retired. He said that's his last fight. That his body's just not responding anymore, and he looked like a guy who was trying, but you know, just at this point, could no longer athletically overcome his limitations. And um, the one thing about Limpinitz, man, Limpinitz, his last loss was to mm-hmm. Gerard Ennis. So Limpinitz is, mm-hmm. is not an easy out. I, I, I saw him fight Mikey Garcia tooth and nail, when Mikey Garcia was kind of at the height of his powers at one forty. So. Um, very impressive performance, and I was I was off on that one. I did not expect him to do what he did on an uh, eleven day notice. Very impressive. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, the uh, uh, I, you know I I noticed that uh, uh, you one of your local boys got back into uh, fighting Thomas Cornflake uh, Lamada. Uh, was down in uh, he had a win another win uh, in uh, Atlantic City uh, uh, two weeks ago against uh, Saul Roman. Uh, they won eight rounds, but uh, you know there's a guy who who was was a good fighter, uh, ran into some problems when he with his management. So he and his parents took over his management, and he almost uh, disappeared. And uh, now he's he's starting to. Uh, Show up again in Atlantic City. Um, of course, uh, as uh, uh, Russell Peltz had said that you know that before they would give you uh, uh, money to come down and they'd give you rooms and suites and and comp you out for dinner. And now all they're doing is uh, offering you a room if you need it. Uh, so I don't see a whole lot coming out of Atlantic City anymore. But uh, um, Philadelphia uh, boxing uh, has become. Uh, a, uh, a big deal again, and uh, we're going to have uh, the lady who is now uh, uh, booking for uh, uh, Russell 
Uh, she's going to be on with us next week and talk about some of her fighters that uh, she's got coming up. Uh, All right. We danced around this thing long enough, Caden. What do you think about tonight's uh, card? Um, I'm just waiting for you to uh, just waiting for you to talk about this. Um, this is probably mm-hmm. the last thing I talk about, and then I'll head inside. Um, but uh, yeah, so this this whole thing, all the build up for Hamza and Nate Diaz, and my favorite fighter in the UFC comes in weighing 7.5 pounds overweight. Hamza weighed, I think, 178 pounds, 78, 178.5 pounds, and Mm-hmm. Nate Diaz came in at 171, and obviously, you know, you're not going to fight, you're not going to fight, you know, 178 pound Hamza. You know, I, I don't blame, right. I don't blame Nate. Um, so they got, they moved <laughs> the fight where Tony Ferguson was fighting. Tony Ferguson was supposed to fight Li Jing Liang, and Li Jing Liang is now fighting a dude named Daniel Rodriguez. But so Tony Ferguson got moved up to the main card with. Uh, Nate Diaz, and that's actually the fight I kind of was hoping for, because it makes a lot more sense for Nate. Probably mm-hmm. a lot better fight to send him out on. And it, I don't know how they haven't fought already. You know, it kind of seems like a mm-hmm. no-brainer. You know, even when they were in the primes of their career, that would probably be the best time to do it. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I do get, you know, when when Tony was in his prime, he was fighting lightweight. Um, but I'm I'm still extremely excited for the Hamzat fight. Hamzat is now fighting Kevin Holland. Um, and honestly, I think that might be a better fight for him. You know, Nate definitely has the stamina and the experience over Kevin Holland, but I don't think he has the strike power. I don't think he has the you – know, Nate, it's kind of hard because I think they have equal-level jiu-jitsu because, you know, Nate is very good at jiu-jitsu. He can, he can sub you. He has his famous triangle. Um, but, yeah, either way, none of that stuff's going to work against Hamza. Hamza's just going to out-wrestle mm-hmm. Um but uh, Kevin Holland can definitely – I don't know. I, I really think Kevin Holland's going to go in there and, and, and get and – get, I think it's going to only last two rounds. I don't think it's, it's going to last more than two rounds. I think Hamza will probably either knock him out or TKO him. Uh, I, I don't see him subbing um, Kevin Holland. I think Kevin Holland's sub defense is pretty good. Um, actually, I don't really know. But uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully Hamza can go in there and win. But um, – Nate Diaz definitely has the cardio on, on Tony Ferguson. Also, Tony Ferguson coming off of that huge knockout, you know, front kick straight from Michael Chandler. So, you know, fighters do mm-hmm. fight differently after they've gotten brutally knocked out. So, I guess we're going to have to see how uh, how yeah. Tony does. But Tony definitely has the power over Nate. But uh, I, mm-hmm. I see Nate winning that fight by decision. And it's, it, I think it's going to be a war, hopefully. Hopefully it's going to be a war. But uh, it's, it's mm-hmm. looking that way, at least from my perspective. And uh, that'll probably okay. be it. And uh, it's great to be on the show. And uh, great to see everyone on the show. I think everyone did a great job. And uh, we'll see you next time. Okay. <laughs> yes, we, uh, we we hate to interrupt Caden's uh, 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 social life, but uh, you know some things come before family, and he's with family, so he's fine. <laughs> what do you think about that one, Bob? Uh, yeah, I agree. Like. What gets me is, like, Holland's not even in the top 15, so I don't know where they grabbed him from. You know, I know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But so that'll be a good fight for Cosmo. Uh, uh, Cosmo, um, you know, again, I, I think he's going to roll over him. I would have I much rather seen the Nate Diaz get the, the, the big purse, but uh, by mm-hmm. uh, he did. He, he got paid well by Cosmo not coming in underweight uh, or coming overweight. Mm-hmm. So there's a – I think because uh, he gets still paid uh, – pretty good for that so mm-hmm. and then renegotiating that's a good fight for diaz his last fight with usc he'll be out of his contract after that um i've heard they've mm-hmm. talked about doing some bare knuckle stuff the diaz brothers um mm-hmm. because i mean they, they bleed anyway you know what i mean and the, and the thing right. is with with the diaz brothers you know you're, you're going against hazmat like he's going to cut them open and if he's not going to get it stopped in the second if they continue, because Diaz and them, they, they you know they really shine in the in the longer rounds with their stamina, um, with their with their dirty boxing. I mean, both black belts, but you never hardly see them go to the ground, which they just like to to to, to, to strike. So, um, but again, mm-hmm. so he'll get to go against uh, 
um, uh, sorry, he'll get to go against um, uh, Tony Ferguson, which will be f- uh, phenomenal. So that'll be the uh, the main event. Mm-hmm. And how's my got uh, Holland? Then again, they change up that whole schedule, uh, Ling Jingling and all that kind of stuff, which he's a great fighter mm-hmm. as well. Um, but then I was I was hoping to to bring up uh, um, the from last week um, the uh, on the Neil Magny card, or I mean on the Cyril Gain card. I wanted to talk to Caden about the Nasaduri Imambov versus Jacqueline Buckley. Um, so I'm sad he got off, but. Uh, uh, that was a good fight. And Jacqueline Buckley, we used to talk about him all the time with his amazing uh, spinning kicks and stuff, but he's getting really overlooked anymore. And that fight, that was their, uh, it was it was, it was the co-co-main event. Um, and it almost looked like two different guys from two different weight classes. I mean, that, that Nassadorian was so big and everyone talks about him being so awesome. And Jacqueline Buckley stayed in there the whole time, um, even though he was pretty mm-hmm. much getting dominated. So, um, that was a great fight mm-hmm. last week, along with the Robert Whitaker and Martin Vittori. But tonight's fight mm-hmm. will be exciting. I know he's excited to watch all that stuff. And then, uh, yeah, it should be a mm-hmm. good card tonight. Okay. What do you think, Ty? What do you think, Ty? I'm, I, for, please forgive me. I'm, I'm still kind of working. So what, yeah. what was the question? Yeah. UFC tonight. Uh, UFC tonight. Well, uh, you know what? First of all, so it's, I, the way the card is is the way the card should have been, except for Lee Jingling fighting uh, uh, Daniel Rodriguez up at 180. Yeah, he's the only one who's kind of getting screwed. But right. Kane said it. There's kind of almost no reason why Ferguson and Nate Diaz have not already fought. And this should have been a fight to make. Like, this is Nate Diaz's last fight. It should be an old-school scrap with an old-school guy. But, nope, mm-hmm. Dana White wanted to force Hazmat Shemayev down Nate Diaz's throat. Why? So not only could he tarnish Nate Diaz's uh, sellability going into free agency, but also, you know, it is, Nate Diaz is an established guy. He brings eyes. And so you want Hazmat to, to shine. And that's what was supposed to happen. So Hazmat mm-hmm. screwed up the plan by weighing an egregious seven and a half pounds over. Um, with that mm-hmm. said, Hazmat against okay. Kevin Holland. I, I love Kevin Holland, but the fact of the matter is Kevin Holland was fighting at 180. Originally started at 170, was fighting at 180, and is back to 170. Kevin Holland can eventually grow into a guy who's going to be a contender, but right now he has one major hole. He sucks at wrestling, and Hazmat is awesome at wrestling. So it's mm-hmm. one plus one equals two, and it's going to equal two in that fight. Um, I really couldn't mm-hmm. call it right now between Nate Diaz and and Tony Ferguson, right? Tony hasn't looked great, but he's fought elite-level competition. Um, stylistically, mm-hmm. I think I agree with everything that Kate and Bob said. And I, I just think it comes down to who has the better night or the better game plan. Um, but definitely mm-hmm. a scrap I'm looking forward to. Uh, definitely looking forward to this, this whole event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony, what do you think of uh, last week's fight with Ruiz and Ortiz? I was very disappointed. I really thought for sure that uh, Ortiz was going to win the fight. And mm-hmm. it just now I just know there's one, one of two things. Either he is completely done and he needs to stop, or that fight was handed to him and planned for the issues with his family because he has a daughter that's a special needs. And I know that Wilder mm-hmm. was always trying to help him out. So I don't know if this, it was one of those uh, one of those type things where he needed some money. But it mm-hmm. appeared to me, I, did, I think he went down way too easy a couple times, and I just don't think for a minute that he would have. But, but he did, and I guess the point is he's probably done. Mm. You know what, I, I, Tony, I said it here on this show right before the fight. I said that, you know, I would favor Luis Ortiz uh, if he's not past it. And my concern, and the reason why I picked Andy Ruiz to win, isn't because I think he's the better fighter, the better boxer, or the more skilled guy. I picked Andy Ruiz to win because I watched Luis Ortiz against Charles Martin. And Luis Ortiz went down twice 
against Charles Martin yeah. some shots that normally wouldn't have dropped him. He got yeah. up both times. He was pretty clear-headed. It's not like he was completely buzzed, but what it showed me, and the reason why I, it was easily able for me to see is because I'm an old guy who goes to the gym. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I, what I it showed me, yeah, he, had, he, had, he has no legs. It's not that he wasn't cognizant. He just doesn't have the legs. And your legs are your shock absorbers. You know that. You know, we're all a little over, uh, except Caden, we're all, you know, slightly past 25 here. And once your legs go, all of a sudden when you get hit, you just don't maintain your balance. You know what I mean? You don't absorb the shock as well. I saw that in the Charles Martin fight. He was dominating Charles Martin, but got knocked down twice by shots that would have never bothered him. Same thing happened yeah. with Ruiz. He got floored oh, three yeah. times. Got up and would get up and outbox Ruiz, but he just yep. couldn't, he couldn't yep. stay off the canvas. No, but the, what the uh, what made up for it was the undercards. The undercards were absolutely amazing. Yeah, that so that picked up for it because the uh, the Ruiz uh, Ortiz fight was man, disappointing for me. I'm sure that there's a lot of Ruiz fans out there. In fact, the majority of the people that are there were for him, but. Uh, that's not the way I want oh, to Tony, it. Tony, Tony, don't adjust your heart, my <laughs> friend. Don't I, your heart. I'm, watching them, I'm watching them all drop. I was you know, pulling for Ortiz, too. I love Ortiz, but, yeah. you know, I enjoyed the fight in spite of. Tony, don't adjust your heart. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching them all drop. Triple G going down. Sergey's done. Oh, and God, this is going to be horrible. Oh, this is going to be horrible. Well, G loses but, and Tony invests his heart. <laughs> but I tell you what, you watch people like Isaac Cruz and uh, De Los Santos that came oh, out of nowhere. God. Dude, I'm going to tell you what, those two right there are they're up and coming and they're badass. For those who don't remember, Isaac Cruz was the guy who pushed Tank Davis to the limit. Stopped yep. his knockout streak. Uh, Zito, to this day, thinks Cruz won that fight. Um, oh, I do too. And what... Yeah, there it is. Cruz, what people don't understand about this little pit bull of a man is he has this hard look and this hard demeanor, but he's a kid, man. He's just like 24. So when Tony says up-and-comer, that kid is an up-and-comer. He's younger than Tank. He's literally younger than Devin Haney, I believe. So this, this yeah, is a Cruz is somebody you got to watch out for. Oh, he's a beast. And Jalo Santos came out of nowhere and filled in for someone, and and uh, no one expected anything to happen. And he knocked a, uh, what was it, Venezuela out in two rounds. And this yeah. guy is amazing. He's another one. Good. The, uh, all right. What about, uh, uh, let me ask both of you guys, uh, Amanda Soriano. And uh, there, uh, on uh, the 24th next week. Tony, what do you think? I'm going to pass that one off first. I want to hear what the other guys got to say about this. Ty? Soriano should win, right? She's the, 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 the at, at least the more accomplished fighter. Um, I forget her opponent's name, but I've seen her fight a few times. Uh, I favor Serrano. The only thing, right, like, so Amanda Serrano punches hard. She's known to be a hard puncher for a woman. I've always found her, you know what, it's funny because she, she's she's a Puerto Rican boxer, and she reminds me of Trinidad in a sense that I always, Trinidad was one of my favorite boxers, Tito Trinidad, but I always felt he was a little straight up, a little stiff, uh, but, you know, he was awesome. I think Amanda's the same thing, but she's not Trinidad. And Amanda, Amanda Serrano is now, like, going on, like, 32, hitting 33. From what I've seen of her lately, I thought she was on the decline before the Katie Taylor fight. I predicted Kelly T- Katie Taylor would out-hustle her. I thought Amanda did better than I thought she would because, to me, it looks like her skills are declining. So even though I predict her to win, she's going to go in as the Vegas favorite. Um, I think she, to me, to me, again, it's my opinion, she's at that point in, in her career where 
a flat knife is going to cost her or just somebody who's not Katie Taylor, somebody who's not one of, you know, uh, Michaela Mayer, somebody who's not one of the names that's recognizable, um, kind of a track fight. I think she's vulnerable to a track fight. Uh, I'm still going to predict her to win because she is the money, and in a close fight, the money typically wins in boxing. But it, 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 I just think she's at the stage in her career where anything can happen in any fight. She could just get out hustled by somebody that we didn't see coming. Um, but I yeah. still have a predictor to win because of our pedigree. I agree with Ty for the most part. I'm a little more on the fence, but I think I'm leaning that way. And sorry, Ty, I thought I maybe Amy packed a gun in my bag here for a minute. So I got TSA all <laughs> up my ass. So, um, no, I, I, yeah, I thought I was going down for the ride this time, but we're good. Oh, but anyways, yeah, I, I'm on the fence on that one, but. I think that uh, Ty pretty much nailed that. I'm leaning more on Serrano myself. I'll tell you what, okay. I, I got, I'm, what really disappointed me was uh, that the uh, Clarissa Shield uh, Savannah Marshall card was postponed. I was really looking forward to that. Like, literally, as much as I'm looking forward to the UFC, I was looking forward to that fight. Um, so that's not postponed on October 15th, um, which brought a lot of October 15th, you will have not only the Marshall Clan, but you'll also have Cambosis and um, Haney being back from Australia, as well as Deontay Wilder returning against Robert Hillary. What's great about that is the fights are in Australia, the UK, and the US. So the time zone overlap. Watch them all. I think I'm, I'm going to sequester myself that Saturday. You know? Hey, Bob, uh, they had a, a big one out in your, your area um, at uh, San Diego with uh, Vera and Cruz. Uh, Vera knocked him out real fast. Uh, what did you think about that one? Yeah, uh Marlon Vera, I can't. Yeah, I don't know if I saw that. What one are we talking about? And Cruz, Dominic Cruz. Cruz, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I can't remember off the top of the head. Um, uh, yeah, I thought you were talking about that smaller organization out here that fought last week, and I can't. I, I don't know if it was King of the Cage or something, but um, yeah, I apologize. Okay. Um, let's see what else we have here. Uh... All right, uh, Tony, Tony uh, Kayla Plant and uh, Anthony Durrell in uh, October. Ooh. What's your thoughts? Oh, that one's that's tough there. Uh, all right, Ty, I, I, I can already see Ty's face. He's smiling right now. He'd say, I want to hear this on bitch. What do you get to say? Um, <laughs> I can see you, buddy. I got, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I like both of them. Um, I think Durrell is probably going to be on the winning end of this one. Caleb Plant was the star up and coming, doing well. I think that, uh, I can't remember who it was, maybe Canelo fight, when he lost that, I just think that really messed him up. But um, Durrell is a bad, bad, bad man, and I just think Durrell will take it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ty, what do you think? Yeah, I would, I would, I, I would totally agree with with Tony if this were like five or six or seven years ago. Um, with that said, Darrell's longer too. He's he's uh, past his prime. Um, he's a dog. He's always been a dog. And uh, but you know, I watched him fight Karan Davis, a guy who's really essentially coming up from junior middleweight, uh, and a guy from Wilmington, Delaware. One of the reasons why it sticks out to me, and Darrell was kind of gifted a draw. He just didn't look like at it anymore. I've seen him in a subsequent performance where he looked better. He had a quick knockout, but he wasn't fighting someone of that ilk. The last time he was fighting someone of that level of competition, which was uh, against Benavidez, you know, Benavidez essentially ran him mm-hmm. off the ring. Um, I've always appreciated Darrell. I think he, you know, he, he's the guy who always. I like his brother. You know, he, he always came with heart and grit. Um, with that yeah. said, I think at this point in his career, 
Um, I think Caleb Plant is going to be a little too quick, a little too elusive, a little too young and fresh for him. I think that really is the difference. Um, if Caleb Plant were a different style fighter, I think he would uh, he could be in trouble. But I think his style, um, you know, a guy like Darrell at his age, having to try to you know chase down a Caleb Plant, close the ring, you know, and a Caleb Plant's not a guy who gives you a lot of openings. He's a guy you got to go get and you got to break down. And uh, just kind of at this point in Darrell's career, I don't think he can do that consistently enough to uh, to get the W at this point. That's just my opinion. Okay, I get the, get the last one to come after you getting tired. Huey Fury versus uh, Michael Hunter in uh, October 29th. I'm really interested in that fight. Um, Michael Hunter, you know, is, is I mean, his only loss it came against Usyk, who is, you know, right now considered the pound-for-pound king. He lost to that cruiserweight. Um, at heavyweight, he's performed well, but he's been kind of treading his wheels. He looked really good at times. Uh, he had a draw with Alexander Povetkin. Um, that most people thought should have gone his way. But then, he, you know, he had a really flat performance where he, had, where he had a draw against a guy whose name I can't even remember that a lot of people thought could have gone against him. But typically, he usually overperforms. He outperforms the expectations. Um, Yuri Fury is a guy who, kind of like Tyson, I believe then. You know, remember when Dr. Chris was t- calling Tyson Fury the big galoof? And I was like, man, mm-hmm, Dr. Mm-hmm. Chris, he, he's going to be good, man. You know, I was kind of feeling the same way about Yuri Fury, and I feel like, you know, I got to eat crow on that one because Yuri's kind of never, he's never, you know, matured as the fighter that we thought he would be. Uh, I think this is kind of a 50-50 fight just because Yuri's a long-rangey guy who's going to touch you, touch you, and move, what? touch you, touch you, and move. And Michael Hunter is just small for the division. So I think it's a 50-50 fight. Um, but, again, man, uh, I, I don't know. I really don't know about this fight My, because I've, I've seen both guys show up and have flat performances. The best of Michael Hunter beats the best of Yuri Fury, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. I, I just I don't have confidence in a pick because I don't have confidence in either guy. What was that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Tony? Yeah, I'm going to have to pass on that when the proctologist is here. (laughs) (laughs) Just just make sure he's got the true equipment not to have a Bud Light in his hands. Oh, it might get bad here in a minute. I'm going to go ahead and take off, fellas, but it's been a pleasure, literally. Thank you for everybody and uh, be prayed for all 9-11 and everything else. Thank you to everyone out there that listens. We appreciate it. Have a good trip. All right, Doc, go ahead. We said have a great time. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Go ahead, Doc. You can do it now. Bob, you want to leave that? Yeah, it reminded me of my last proctologist exam. I was like, doctor, where should I put my pants? He was like, <laughs> over there by mine. Uh, so anyway, great week. again, everybody. Good fights tonight. Uh, lost Caden and Tony short, but they're always great. Ty, always a pleasure. Thanks, Frank. Uh, and to our uh, Fighting Words fans, uh, keep your uh, eyes up and chin down. God bless. Thank you. Ty? Hey, it was always a great show. Always being on with you guys, Butch, Bob, uh, Caden, and, and Tony, just Miss Vito. That was it. Uh, everyone have a great and safe week. Bob is a co-pilot. Coach Mel is watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Be well. Yeah, we want to also tell everybody that uh, um, that, that uh, Zito does hold these programs uh, very much in, uh, in, a, in ahead of everything else. But tonight he's with one of his boxers. He's doing a corner. Uh, uh, he's a corner man for uh, one of his boxers. And like everything else, he follows through. He, the guy has a job. He follows through, and it's always done at a thousand percent instead of a hundred and ten. Um, so uh, we appreciate that, uh, and we appreciate uh, both Ty and, uh, and and Zito for whatever they bring to this, the program and uh, Bob. Um, 
it's always a pleasure to, to spend this hour uh, on Saturday nights with you guys. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation. And the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women facing fire services, the doctors and nurses and first responders in COVID, and especially the wonderful people to clean up afterward, uh, and the people in the East supermarkets are keeping us the, the shelf stocked during the pandemic. These programs are dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Batinger, uh, Patrolman David Curtis, uh, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Hendler, uh, Sergeant Tom Wilson, Shaw County Sheriff's Department, uh, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant Charles Levake, Hillsborough County, County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Arnolfo Christman, Lakeland PD, Lieutenant Joe Zerba, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Josh Myers of Nassau County Sheriff's Department, uh, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Artis Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department, Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol, Trooper Charlie C. Richards, Florida Highway Patrol, Chief Al Hogle, Longwood Key Police Department, and Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. My brothers and sisters, although you may be 10-7 at this point in time, Sometime will be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the rose rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the sunshine light down your face and the rains fall softly on your fields. Until we meet again, may the good bird keep you and your families always in the palm of his hands. Good night. God bless and have a great week.
1999. County dispatched in 1999. County dispatched in 1999. All units be advised, 